This is iFanboy Media Explode, episode 32, what we watched over the holidays. Almost cut my hair It happened just the other day It's getting kind of long Hello, welcome to my fanboy Media Explode. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Ron Richards. Happy New Year, my friends. And we're back. We're back after taking a long media split break. We took our our last regular show was in November. Then we had our all media show in December. Now we're back with our monthly media split that was unlocked by the patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Consider being a patron today. And so uh, we thought we'd do is we, you know, since normally we use the show to talk about things we've been watching and enjoying. And we normally thought we start the show is going over that. We thought we would, we would do the entire episode about what we watched. I feel like it's been like two months. Right. right? It hasn't like- since November. So we have, we've had a lot of things that we've watched in the last two months or so and we figured we'd go through some of the things we watched during our quote-unquote break and uh, just to catch each other up with what we watched and, and what we've been enjoying and give some recommendations has too much time passed for me to say happy new year is that what's the larry think, david ruling on that it was last week yes okay it yeah. was last week okay yeah got it okay but i always find good recommendations from you what you guys watch and so i'm always i'm excited to find out what you guys were up to since we don't talk unless there's a microphone so i don't know what you've been doing the last two months <laughs> We ex- we exchanged we we exchanged uh, written witticisms, right? That's what we do. We Pleasant, do written we witticisms. Pleasantries in the hallway. We just when we walk by, yes. we nod at each other in the office and just say, "Yeah." The, the virtual hallway. Yeah. But in, in the last oh, contract negotiation, we've stipulated no non microphone interaction. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to have to talk to you guys unless I have to. Jesus. Right. Exactly. Do you want to do TV first Let's and then do TV. some movies? Then why don't you start, Ron? Yeah. Let's make it sound like we're just making it up on the spot. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> like like we didn't discuss it. Say, Connor, since we're here. I mean, we're here. Let's chat. Why not? I had to pop that bubble. I, I just couldn't live with it. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess the major, a, a lot of my December and early January TV watching has been just trying to get stuff off my plate. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like there's stuff that like we were like one or two episodes in that we got like that, 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 you know, for whatever reason kept us off or whatever it is. But I think out of the three of us, I'm the only one who actually watched Andor. Yes. Josh watched one episode or two. Episodes. No, I didn't. Finish. It turns out I didn't finish it. I went back and I'm like, I'll start with two. And I was like, oh, I only made it 20 minutes. And then I watched <laughs> yeah. another 20 minutes. I still haven't finished it. Not on purpose. Like to yeah. be like, I, I keep thinking I should try that. That's the most I've gotten, though. My time's different now. What I thought was funny was that, like, so it came out, and I just completely paid it no mind, and then I just slowly saw this, like, swell of positive comments coming through my various social media channels of everyone just like, anyone else watching Andor? This is really good. This is pretty good. Oh, my God, that was great. You know, so I was like, all right, let me let me give it a shot. So I started watching it, like, I, I, got, I feel like three quarters of the show was already out already when we started watching it. And I got to say... In totality, it was it was it was very very good. It was very well crafted. Very slow to begin. Very sl- like that, yeah. like om- almost to the point of a detriment of the show. Where Josh, I'm not surprised. Like like the first didn't pull pull me in until like episode three or four, right? Like it didn't like mm-hmm. like so much of it was like setting it yeah, up. What's and the like, length of the episode? 
They're the Disney Plus Star Wars episode length, the 30 to 45-ish. You know, not a full hour, but not the 20-minute Marvel episode. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, like like enough of a chunk, but also like that. Because that's the, that's the thing. We were talking about this on The Hangout the other day. Like when I was talking about Gossip Girl on HBO Max, these shows that are taking the full hour. Too long. You know, too long. You don't need all that time. Like the 42-minute the hour-long wow. format for broadcast TV really was perfect in terms of the amount of story that you can tell in yes. a drama kind of you know, kind of thing. I, I do believe that. That's why I like that, that the Star Wars shows come in like around 38, 40 minutes. Well, they need room to do 45 minutes of credits for all the foreign uh, translations. <laughs> That's true. I will say I will say that the freaking uh, skip intro button on Disney Plus just skips the uh, Star Wars heads animation, and I'd have to watch the opening credit for Andor, which was just like a slow moon rising on the logo that took forever. And I was like, oh, but um, no, but the show the show was very very good and to the point where I I kind of want you guys to watch it because I feel like it's actually more of a show up your guys' alley than it is my alley in terms of the way it was written and the, and the, and the episode structures and the plot and like the whole kind of felt like the wire and star Wars. So, so almost a little bit, you know, uh-huh. Josh, you, the number one thing we've gotten from, from, the, I've never watched the wire by the way. I know, the number one thing we've got from the listeners is why won't you guys watch fucking Andor? And, and we discussed it on the hangout once a patron hangout, but a lot of the listeners aren't patrons. So Josh, do you want to talk about briefly why it hasn't caught your interest or why? Or do you not care okay, anymore? Let's keep in mind that I don't remember what I said. <laughs> so you can either tell me or I can just make up some new shit. But I mean, it's for me, it's I just I don't have any real affinity for that character, which is funny because I think Diego Luna is an amazing actor. But he's good. The, at it. He's very good. Basic, you know, I know he dies. I know, like, I just, I don't feel like we're moving towards anything I care about. You also said something about space brothels. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. Like, it it really turned me off is in the beginning, they were talking about, like, the sex trade. He was trying to find his sister. Yeah, and he was checking, like, like, uh, was he on Corellia? Or, yeah, I think um, it might have been. Or no, he was no, he was um, on another planet. It, it's it's a plot point in the show, the planet right. he was on. But well, yeah, either way, so. and there were it was like a space brothel, and I just thought, yeah. no, you can, that's too far. That's not the Star Wars I want it to be. Right. If it makes you feel any better, they never go back to that location ever in the show. No, right, but they did mention like again, like I turned it on and I didn't make it through the first episode, and I watched it for a few minutes, and I heard them mention the space brothel. And what's funny is that it confirmed, because before I thought, maybe I didn't even hear that right. And then I turned it on. I was like, no, I did. I did. I heard it correctly. There's a there's a whorehouse in Star Wars. <laughs> well, anyway, so I, I, I don't know. It, 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 you know. it was more episodes than any other Star Wars show has been. It was like 12 or something like that. It was both, you know, and or story, which I don't want to spoil for you guys, but like, Josh, there's no he dies. No, there's no impact. Yeah, there's no. It doesn't like end as he starts the Rogue One mission. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it, it's early enough in his, you know, kind of life or whatever yeah. it is that it does from there. And then you get the underpinning of the beginning of the rebellion. I'll just leave it at that. And like, but like, it, it would like we'd finish an episode. My wife would be would would exhale like, whoa, that was good. Can I tell and she, you? And you guys know her. Right, She's well, not. The, I, yeah, I was so. gonna say. Can I tell you the fact that you told me? All nerds, including you, who are telling me, oh, you got to watch, it's great. I didn't care. You said Carrie was interested in it, and I was like, oh, it might yep. have merit. And yeah. that, that was that was literally the only thing that made me think I should watch it. I'm not yeah. even exaggerating. So yeah, so I, I would I, I give it a thumbs up overall. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think the hype was real. It was it was time well spent. 
worth checking out. So is it like a police procedural? No, I wouldn't say that. It, it actually there, there there's actually it was enough of a season that there was actually like three story arcs that happened to Diego Luna's character. Mm-hmm. Like three distinct things happen in telling the the whole overarching season of the show. It wasn't just like one thing, which is why it was somewhat compelling. Is that like he met a bunch of people and they had to do this thing and then they did it and then this thing happened and he met more people and they did this thing and then that led to this. Like it w- it was definitely more than just the singular focus. Like Obi Wan was singularly focused, right? Do you where do you put it in the pantheon of your of your favorite shows? Let's just assume a Mandalorian's number just, one. Talking about Star Wars shows, just the you know late. You know, you don't have to include the Ewoks. Yeah. The, Please include well, the Ewoks. That does one and two, right? Yeah, the Ewok <laughs> yeah, adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Does this show have Wilford Brimley in it? No. I just said no. television. <laughs> what good is it then? What good is it? You can also include the holiday special if you want to. No, but of the yeah. sort of like, like, is it, what do you think is the best? Because you've liked, I don't even remember what there was. So there was, there was. No, Bob- I mean, it's definitely, I mean, Mandalorian, I think is still the, is still the best. Sure. It's Boba Fett. Boba Fett's at the bottom. I give this an edge over Obi Wan. That close, huh? Ooh, yeah. I thought you guys didn't like Obi Wan. I didn't. So, so then this is better than Obi Wan, <laughs> right? Right, but but you were like, I oh, give it the edge over it. I was like, it needs more than an edge for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna need a solid two point gain. <laughs> no, it's like this is better than slightly burned toast. How much? Well, I mean, it's slightly burned, Josh. <laughs> Like, it's not as burned, but it has been sitting out a while. <laughs> it's cool, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. So so I recommend that. Anything else that you watched you really enjoyed over the, over the since we talked? Um, well, I mean, I thought I, I thought I would, I, I thought I was first. Now, you know, we take turns. I've got more on my list, but if you, sure, if we, you want we me to drive around Robin here, if we want. Okay. Well, another, another show that we were, that we just wanted to get off our plate was Cobra Kai season five. Now, hold on. Before you get into that, is it off your plate as in it's like on your continue watching feed and you want to get it removed from there or what is the what where's the, what is the plate it's a metaphorical plate i gotta metaphorical say Con, plate. ron has yeah. really been leaning to this plate metaphor and i'm not gonna lie my first joke was that explains the weight gain but <laughs> to be fair he weighs a lot less than he has in the past but thank you who can help it sorry that's a diversion <laughs> um, no i well i just i just i did just recently adopt using an app called tv time to keep track of uh tv shows that we watch and all that sort of stuff but this was before i adopted that it's just generally like it weighs on my on my on Your my soul, soul. <laughs> yeah is that like like we like oh cobra, cobra kai season five came out and we watched like the first episode like the, the weekend it came out and then didn't go back to it for like three months i'm like oh we've got to go back to that the reason i asked like, is we because started it a lot of the services make it really easy to remove things from your continue watching oh, list, yeah. but Netflix doesn't. Yeah. Netflix makes you go to their website, find your watch history, manually delete the show from your watch history. So some of the platforms don't even have watch histories. Like I was trying to, I was on Hulu trying to find my watch history, and like your watch history is your list. If you added it to your list, and that's what you watch. I'm like, yeah, but I don't, I don't use that function, right. so I have no history on. Hulu. So, like, uh, whenever it came out, I, I, I watched the first five minutes of of 1899, that Netflix show that was just canceled. I also watched five minutes of that, and I re- and I realized it wasn't the show that you told me to watch. That was nineteen twenty three right. or whatever. Yeah, it was. so I, I watched. <laughs> so I was like, wait, I was like, <laughs> that's wait a very funny. Yeah. That is old man Josh right <laughs> no, there. It's the same. He, he said it was a year. Well, I don't know, eighteen ninety nine. I'll watch it. Where's Harrison Ford? <laughs> we're both in the same family, so <laughs> there is at least that. I watched five minutes, and I was like, this is utterly boring. I don't care anymore. And it's been sitting on my thing. I get emails from Netflix. Continue watching the show. Oh, yeah. They really watch it. Looked it up. Had to remove it because I was sick of the emails. I removed it. Two days later, it was back. 
And oh, I was God. like yelling at the TV, you canceled this show. Take it <laughs> off my thing. I've removed it three times from my list and it keeps popping back up like fucking so, Michael Myers. Connor, Connor what happens when you Ron, yell at the TV? It doesn't Ron, yell back yet. Not yet. Ron, sit with this. <laughs> I know, like, and, and like, I don't. I know the dead air is bad, but I want everyone <laughs> to sit with that for a moment. Picture this over six foot man with a bald head in his yelling at his room. Theory. No, he's got to get to the point where he feels the need to yell. Listen, you've got like it's not right away. It's a, it's it's like at one point. And he, it's that third time. He's got a remote in his hand, and I literally have my eyes closed. And he looks up. And he sees it there again. God damn it. <laughs> Basically laughing, yes. I was wearing a robe if it helps. I was wearing a robe. <laughs> like a bowl of popcorn goes fly. <laughs> and you're here from the other room. Is uh, that fucking show again? <laughs> uh, I'm Archie Bunker, apparently. That's very funny. So anyway, Cobra uh, Kai season five. You. I also watched over the break, and it was just announced that season six will be coming into the final season. Season six. Yep. Thoughts on Cobra Kai? Well, so Cobra Kai, like I said, it, it lingered because we just watched the, the first couple episodes and didn't go back for months. And I will say this about Cobra Kai season five: if it was one of those seasons that felt like they didn't figure it out until like the writers' room, till they were like they'd already written six episodes. Mm. I'm trying to think you know, of the first that, half that like but. that happened. Yeah, right. Exactly. It was forgettable because it was just like whatever. But um, I will say it ended strong yes. in the way that why you love Cobra Kai and the f- immediate conversation that my wife and had had after we finished the season was how many more seasons can they do this yeah. for? Well, I mean, because really the, sh- the show is only good when there's a rivalry and a tournament. Yeah, and the thing is, it's basically the same story every season. Yeah, that they up. just move the pieces around. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I liked this season a lot because I thought Chosen was awesome. Chosen was great, but but the, the the here's the thing is that the season was listless because three quarters of it was just ambling, angry people in a room yeah. for no reason, and they didn't. Then they finally got a reason in the last in the back in the back quarter of the episode of the season, and then it was great. Then we're like, oh, we can't like we finished it so quickly because we're like, oh, this is what it, what we want. Yeah, I mean they're clearly building toward that big international tournament. We're moving yeah. beyond the valley now, and we're going to go international. Yeah. And that's how it's going to end, I, I assume. But I mean, I will say when I when I heard the news that season six would be the last, I was like, okay, that's a good run. I mean, I love the show. Trust me, wrong, mean, but also yeah, like that's at, more at a certain point. It's yeah. like. Okay, how many pieces can you move across the board? Now they're with Johnny. Yeah. Now they're against Johnny. Now they're with Chris. Now they're right. against. It's like, okay, you put in every combination of people against each other, and now there's probably nothing left to do here. It gets very repetitive, and like the kids, the kids' relationships are getting repetitive, and it just like so. And ultimately, what you want is you want like underdog. You want some sort of conflict between two groups, someone being the underdog, and then there being a competition. You know, like then to me, the the strongest seasons have been the ones that had the tournaments in them. This one had good moments, at least for the first half or whatever, for the first three quarters of it. But it didn't. It felt directionless up until we got that international tournament. Then you knew what Silver was. I thought Silver is great. I love that. That that guy's awesome. And once they got the direction, then we're like, okay, cool. This is what we want out of it. And then the season was over. Do you think he's had that long hair the entire time, just waiting? He's just been waiting for this call. <laughs> I also like the they brought their other guy back again from a movie I didn't see, but I feel like everyone who was in Karate Kid. Oh yeah, no, and they point, brought the girl. They, they brought the girl back right, too right. from three. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. Anybody yeah. who was after like Cobra Kai came out and got hot and started bringing the actors back, do you think everyone who was in all the movies were like just waiting for the phone call to ring? Has Will Smith's <laughs> kid been on it yet? 
That's not in continuity, Josh. Yeah. I know, but that's what you're going to have to do. That's season eight. Some fucking uh. multiverse shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. We, we really I hope it. that you're not planning on getting insightful commentary from me tonight. That's fine. What did you enjoy that's watching, okay. Josh? Yeah, Josh, give us something. The thing I would say is Slow Horses on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, a long time ago, when it first came out, actually, this is going to give credence to the Netflix thing, if you let me get there. Watched the first episode of Slow Horses, liked it well enough, wasn't super compelled, and kind of forgot about it. My wife, too. It's one of those things, like, I thought she wasn't into it, whatever. And then I saw that the second season had come out, I thought, oh, maybe there's a reason to keep watching it. And so I went back, and after that, we, you know, we plowed through them, like, one a night is what it means when we plow through them, because they take quite a lot of focus I just really enjoyed it. And like, I think somewhere in the middle of that, I, I said to Connor, I was like, have you watched this? Because it's the closest thing to MI5 or yeah. Spooks well, you that I've the seen basic premise since. I, uh, British uh, Secret Service MI5, the slow horses are the reject agents and they're in this other house that they're not in the main MI5 thing called Slough House and they're the slow horses. And Gary Oldman is the runner of the group and he's, you know, super clever. He's got all these things going on, band of misfits and hijinks. And so you watched the first season, you finished the first season. I have. I finished the first season. Okay. And uh, yeah, I watched one and two after you told me because I, I I sort of watched the first one. I was like, oh, wow, this is this is exactly what I want want right yeah. now. And I flew through that, and season two was there, so I watched that too. And it's such a great spy show, but it's also a great showcase for Gary Oldman, who is playing a character is. who is super unglamorous. You know, he basically looks homeless. The yeah, he's got the hole in his socks, yeah. which is just a visual that works. It's the show's funny not like he's very it's not funny. a satire no but like the show like i noticed a couple of the the writers names and i was like why do i know that and and it was like this person worked on veep or you know there's like this clever writing it's not a comedy per se no, and it's, but it, it's and it's really entertaining in that way i guess but he's his character is one who you know he walks in a room you like who who let that guy in but he's probably yeah. the smartest guy in the room and he's playing it that way you can he's see he's colombo he's spy colombo he's 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 downplaying <laughs> who he is to, to get everyone off guard, and he comes from the Moscow office, so he has he, he can stick a stiletto blade into your rib cage without a problem, mm-hmm. and you don't even know it's happening. Like he's he's a great, great, great character, and he's seems to be having a ball playing him. I think I told you this, Connor, off off air, but Ronald. So I was watching a scene, and and uh, Gary <laughs> said Gary Coleman, Gary Oldman, which is <laughs> <laughs> a different show. Gary Oldman is is uh, arguing with Kristen Scott Thomas. He's being very flippant. And I just thought, you know what he sounds like? He sounds like Johnny Rotten here. You know, like if you've ever heard Johnny Rotten or John Lydon speak, like everything he just couldn't give as much of a shit about. And then a second later, I went, hey, he played Sid Vicious too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> just, and I was like, the range on this guy. <laughs> Winston Churchill, Sid Vicious. And this Jim Gordon. spy. Yeah, Jim Gordon. Uh, serious black yeah it's just a solid show continuing you know like like a, a thing with apple tv plus is they don't do a lot but you know the stuff they they do that that resonates with me has all been really really good and solid i can't wait to watch the second season yeah, second, like i'm second not season's good. it's i mean this is based on a book there's a couple of shows sure. that i watched are based on novels and it has that kind of structure but mm-hmm. i really like that structure i'm not in a hurry to watch it because I want to enjoy it. It just got renewed for two more seasons from Apple, so that's, oh, that's great. Yeah. Wow. How much more do they shovel in Oldman's way? <laughs> I will say that I saw the I saw the preview for it, and I mentioned it to you, Josh. Josh, like, yeah, that's not a show you'll like. 
So <laughs> <laughs> probably not. But you do like Gary Oldman, but probably not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good. I like good show. I mean, I want you know. Well, so, let's be anyway. honest. Much. Yeah. <laughs> if you like a good show, but it has to have a quirky actor in a lead role, that's not true. Okay. I, I like that when that happens. You I know, know, like give me, give me, give me Shatner and Boston did Legal. You, did you just day, hear? Right? You did know? you just hear a little Moltisanti there? Because I did. <laughs> I like that when it happens. <laughs> I'm not going to say no. <laughs> T, you see this show? Speaking of that, Ron, you watched White Lotus, right? I did. I just well, I finished season. We just finished season one of White Lotus literally last night. So I still have season two to watch because we couldn't watch season two without seeing season one. Of course. Roger I that. thought it was good. I don't. I don't quite understand all the all the awards and the critical acclaim. Like it was, it was very good, but it wasn't like, oh my god, this is like, there's no Twin Peaks. Yeah, no, I, I have the same thought. I watched it. I, I watched it after it won all the Emmys, like basically like the week after the Emmy Awards. I yeah. should probably watch because every couple of years on the Emmys, on there's like a show that pops up on the Emmys. There were where like it wins all the awards and you've never heard of it. Well, that's right? going to be the like, case oh, now guess, forever because there's yeah, 100 shows. True. No, but I but I feel like that's happened. You know, there there have been times or even shows that are nominated where like I was just like, what is that? You know, what I so, what I think is I think it's a combination of it's not a genre show. You know, it's just like a right. straight up drama, and it came out at a time where we were all stuck inside, and it was like all these glamorous people in a beautiful location, location doing, yeah. you know, being yeah. out in the world. And so I think it resonated with people in that sense too because it was just sort of like. People call it vacation porn, especially the second season where they're in Italy. Like, yeah. So I think there's a combination of it. Just it didn't have dragons or elves in it. At least for me, one of the challenges was it was like I kept on waiting for something to happen. Yeah, it's not you know, really not that, that, not that nothing show, ha- not that nothing happened, but just like something that to tie everything together. And and don't get me wrong, like it ended strongly and everything got tied together in a way, but it did it in a like where's this going after five episodes of a six episode run kind of manner. Yeah, it's not. You know? It's not a traditional. I mean, it's certainly not a mystery, though. They kind of couch yeah. it that way, but it's definitely not that kind of show. They definitely mislead it. For the first episode, they make it look like they, they uh, it's going to be a murder mystery. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I'll be very curious to see the second season. I like the second I season did, more. I just realized that Chris Moltisanti is in that show. That's why I said it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not why I said it. I just literally heard Chris. Yeah. No, White Lotus wasn't on the list, but I figured. I know I just finished it, and he, he made you the pivoted. Pivot. I pivoted. I yeah. ad libbed. You called an audible, as they say. I did. So football. <laughs> Normally, for, for me, I don't watch a, a lot, a lot, a lot of streaming during the year. So I usually watch as much as I can during the holiday break, like the one or two weeks off of work. I try to cram in as many shows as I can. And then at the end of the break, I broke my toe. And the doctor said, basically, <laughs> don't do anything or go anywhere. So for the last two weeks, I've just been on my couch, either yelling at the TV or watching. <laughs> or yelling at the TV. <laughs> watching as many things as for I can. So I watch camera. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I watched 13 seasons of shows in the break. What? Holy yeah, fuck balls. Oh my god! I watched Emily in Paris season one, two, three. I watched Mix season one. I watched Cobra Kai season five. I watched Slow Horses season one and two. I watched Three Pines season one. I watched Jack Ryan season three. I watched Leonard Kennedy season eleven. Mythic Quest season three. Oh, that wasn't binging, but still, Kaleidoscope season one and Narcos season one. Those are the shows I've watched. Since we last spoke on Media Explode, not counting just other regular TV. Gosh. Are you really, really skinny or really, really fat? <laughs> no, it's the same. <laughs> Nothing has changed. You guys heard about Kaleidoscope? Did you any talk about no. it? It was on Netflix. It was like all the rage for like a week. I only watched it for the most LAF reasons because my old neighbor was in it. <laughs> it's a heist show starring Giancarlo Esposito that's told out of order. Oh, I saw the, the preview of that. Yeah, the episodes aren't numbered. They're co- they're colored. They're called you know episode blue, red, and you can watch them in any order you want. Yeah, 
as long as you start with black and end with white. You have to end with white because it wraps the story up. But otherwise, you can watch them in any order you want. What does the watch the next episode algorithm do? That's a good question. <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't didn't partake partake mm-hmm. in that. I, I went back to the main menu. I watched them in Rojibiv order. <laughs> and it turned out to be great because red was right after the heist, so I saw everything happened post heist, and going backwards to like heist planning, you'd be like, "Oh, that's gonna not go right," or "That guy's gonna die." It wasn't a great show. I was gonna say, did they pull it off? It was interesting. They, I think they they pulled it off because I didn't have a problem watching it out of order. I saw other people complain that they they didn't enjoy it because it was out of order, but I didn't. I thought the way it was written, you could watch it in any order you wanted to. I had no problem with that, but mm-hmm. I didn't think it was overly compelling. And I thought a lot of it was kind of cliche, but I applaud the effort of trying something new with this format in which you can choose the episodes. So why not try to play with that? Did Giancarlo Esposito play the same character he plays in everything else? Or Every show. Oh, uh, I don't yeah. know. I mean, this is, I was reading this first like true lead role. And he's, you know, he's always good. Yeah, because he only plays the very calm, very evil, quiet person. He's not, cal- yeah. he's not very <laughs> evil. And he's not like he's not. I mean, he's except not for bugging out. Or, Bugging out was a whole other thing. Do the right thing. That's the name of the character and do the right thing. Oh. I applaud the effort of it. I also wanted to mention, I guess, Mythic Quest Season 3. It's a show we, we've all watched. Did you guys? I know Ron watched it. Josh, did you watch Season I 3? I didn't finish the season. I probably watched half of it. Ah. We kind of weren't enjoying it. Here's the thing about it. I, was, I wanted to make sure we quickly talked about it because we all like the show and and – there are definitely moments in the season that were enjoyable, that were reminders of why we like the show, et cetera, all that sort of stuff. But I found that the further away, the first season, of the show was so great because it was, it was comedy and like the stuff that happened in the context of them working on this game. Yeah. And I feel like with every season, they've gotten away from the conceit of working on the game and more about the people, and it's gotten less enjoyable. But there was no driving force to the episodes. It was just like, Poppy's annoying. Yes. They didn't have anything to do. It was just, it's constantly her, like, wait, what am I doing? You know? They fell into the trap of taking their characters and turning the dial on them. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Her characteristics that were annoying weren't, if you go back to season one, they're there, but they're not as bad. Like, they dialed her up. But there wasn't any growth yeah. either. It's just the yeah. same thing over and over again. And then Ian, he's just be, he's a, he's just an advisor figure, you know. Like he didn't yeah. have a story, you know. David, is that his name? David. I I, I, I love him though, but he just cracks no, me up. But I yes, do you're too. Right. I you think he's right. amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. it was all just the these caricatures of people in different situations, but it didn't feel like. And I didn't finish the season, and I didn't hate it, but I just was like, it's missing. It's not like the second half is stronger, much like. Uh, yeah, something else we just talked about, but yes, the second half is Cobra Kai. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I thought season one was terrific. I've watched it twice. Season so two, I give it a mulligan because of COVID. Season three, yeah. I feel like they're starting to fix it, but they didn't quite get all the way there. I, I'm assuming season four will be it if there is a season four. The other challenge is, is that like, and what frustrates me about it is that like, also like McElhenney was like not in it a lot. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And is it the kind of moment where like he's like, well, we're gonna let David kind of shine because he's in it a lot, whereas the previous season he like I feel like the balances were shifted there. Yeah. You're right, Poppy's like freaking annoying, but then everyone else is just like I'm waiting for the scenes to end. Like I don't care about I, the the former tester girls, and I don't care about the HR woman, and I don't care about. I mean, as much as I think he's funny, I don't care about Brad. Like the coming out of prison thing. Like just see that was my favorite part was him and Joe because she's awesome. She's really funny. I haven't gotten tired of her character yet. The assistant, yeah, she's yeah, hysterical. Yeah. She's hysterical. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I think the thing is, like, if you, you just the way you just spelled it out, like, it's only been three seasons. Yeah. You don't have to yeah. break up the company yet. Yeah. Right. There's no need for that. They don't need to open a second bar next to Cheers. I wonder, though, if the business side is affecting now the storytelling. Because, you know, when, when streaming first started, it was this creative panacea. You could do whatever you wanted. Yep. But now it's like they have maybe they'll get two seasons. Maybe they'll get three seasons. Maybe. Right. And so they got to they got to start cramming in and putting all the the twists and turns into the that first season because maybe but never that doesn't get matter. It just has to be funny and compelling. Yeah, but that's yeah. not the way they plan things, though. Well, that, no. now that that said though, that said though, not the it Marvel wasn't, universe. <laughs> it wasn't as uh, I think dramatically effective as when they did it the first season. But Josh, did you get to the flashback episode? No, I didn't. I like that one. Okay, it was a good one. That was a good one. It was good, it, and it, and it definitely added more value to poppy and ian's relationship mm-hmm. so it, it'd be worth revisiting jo- that josh just to see that i think just to see you know kind of give it a, fr- a frame I, I didn't like quit it angrily it's like Lindsay was like i'm kind of not interested and i was like i'm not really all that driven either wait did you yell at the tv yeah th- did you try yelling uh, i mean not that i wouldn't when something doesn't work that's when i yell like technically like like the cable's plugged in why is there no sound like that'll get me not content <laughs> issues so much. Well, technically speaking, that's what I was yelling about. I deleted it from the Actually, list you know what back. I yell at the TV about? I watched the basketball, as you know, and Ugh. ESPN and TNT specifically are constantly signing me out. And so I have to go get my laptop and I have to activate the whatever. So it'll come back on and the next day I'll do it again. And it never works the first time. Oh, you God. know what that's not a problem with? Huh? Cable. Well, I don't have cable, so my right. mother's my mother my mother in law's <laughs> login is working just fine, so I can watch sports <laughs> from the good people at Comcast. Any other TV shows you want to highlight? Ron and I have both watched uh, Fleischman is in trouble. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm not done with the first season yet, uh, but my my wife watched it. I started to watch it, and then I was like, "Hey, you should." I watched the pilot, and I said to Lindsay, "You should you should watch this." And she blitzed through it, and she kept coming back to me like, "Did you watch it yet?" And I was like, no, I haven't. She's going to watch it. Like, she loved it. And yep. I can see why. I think it's a really interesting and well-acted show. I mean, it, it really, I'm like, yes, this is the same network that did The Bear. Like, I can feel that. It's not thematically yep. the same, but that kind of really interesting programming that Connor was just suggesting does not seem to be happening on streaming services. It's on FX now. It's on FX yeah. and HBO. They're still yeah. the two, I think, best networks. Wonderful performances from Jesse Eisenberg, who I, in my mind, thought oh, he's this new ingenue actor in his 20s. <laughs> And I was like, nice. He's a few years younger than me. He's in his 40. You know, like uh, Adam Brody with a career performance as the best yep. friend and and Lizzie Kaplan, who is who, just, I, who I adore. My, my, she's just so great. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, but, oh, man, you get reminded of how much you like a particular actor. Right, but and she's how, doing an, a role that's really yep. not, you know, it's not a yeah. manic pixie dream girl. It's, it's a whole different thing. The other thing that's really interesting is she narrates the show. But as the lead character, and I was like, "That's fucking crazy." Yeah, I mean, well, because I mean, because she's a writer, and right. so like it, it ties into the whole story and stuff. And you haven't finished it yet, so I don't want to spoil what comes and stuff like that. But like Connor, this is also like one of the first mid forties existential dread, life after kids and marriage kind of shows in that that hit us. At as the target demo, yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like I feel like historically, I've watched these shows, and I'm like, oh well, that's years ahead of me. I'm like, oh shit, these could be my friends, right? Like this is like <laughs> now you got a good decade on thirty something. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. Ugh. And they st- they still seem so old when I watch right. it now. But, they do. But this was very much like it felt contemporaries to us, and like and also felt very true and real and just well, really well done. And and Connor, it all takes place in New York. It's mm. all Manhattan based, mm. and like really um, not Toronto, Manhattan. Yeah. yeah, like they really shot that. Yeah. Yeah, really, really good. And Josh, you, you, you've got to finish it because it, it's a, it's a doozy. I'm going well, to. This isn't one of yeah. those things that I forgot about or have left. I absolutely want to finish it. It's a lot. That's a lot of TV. Let's move over to f- movies. And um, I always try to go to the movies too during the break. But this past year, I think they said it was 35. You keep saying a break, and I, there's no break in my life. Like there's like you're like we were oh, podcasting for the last two months because that was the break. No, but but like you know like I wasn't doing that. It doing just meant that I shows. And stay up all night reading comics. It just meant that I took care of my kids and did other shit in the house that I had to do. Like, well, just contextually of the show, Josh. Just you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, show or on break from the show. <laughs> Connor watched thirteen series. He didn't just take a break from the show. Well, break your foot and not think it to go anywhere. You can sit on your couch all day and you're not doing anything. If I thought that breaking my toe would give me that privilege, I would do it. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, well, so I try to go to the movies, but this year, this past year, you know, they're still about thirty-five percent off of their normal output in terms of films in the theaters. There wasn't a lot to see, but I did manage to go to a couple of movies. Ron, do we want to start with Babylon? Sure. Let's start with Babylon. Okay, uh, and the recurring theme of I feel like of almost every movie that I've seen has been, oh God, someone needs to tell them to make less. Yeah. Because so so Babylon is about the 1920s into the 1930s Hollywood pre talkies you know filmmaking transition into talkies Brad Pitt as a Doug Fairbanks type you know actor I, I kind of I think we all share a love of Hollywood by the guy who did La La Land and and what was the what's the other movie the drumming movie uh, uh with the with the with Miles and Teller yeah and, no that, I mean that's my favorite of his yeah. movies I love that movie yeah. So like going into it, like on paper, it's just like, oh, this has got a lot of stuff going for it. And I did enjoy it. But the issue was, is that it was three hours and four minutes. And within that three hours and four minutes, it was a really great two, maybe two and a half hour movie. Yeah. I I don't always judge by whiplash. I don't always judge by running time, but I I do agree that. No, I don't. No, I don't judge by running time either. The best, because there could be a three hour movie that I never look at my watch and never think about how long it is. I'm agreeing with you in this. Instance, and yeah. also the next movie we're going to talk about, and also several movies we watched over the past year. It feels like with all of the attention on TV, a lot of these film directors are like, "Well, fuck, I'm going to do my magnum opus," and it's just yeah. this isn't a movie that didn't need to be three hours long. Now, I Agreed. really liked it, but it also needed a half hour, forty minutes cut out of it. Exactly. And then my other complaint about it is Margot Robbie's in it, who I do enjoy, but I feel like <laughs> I enjoy you, Miss Robbie. I feel like once she started playing Harley Quinn, that's all. She's just another variation of like it. Just like it felt like she was just being Harley Quinn in the 1920s. She didn't seem like that in Amsterdam. The 45 minutes I saw of it, though, that was a different. Nor in Once Upon a Time in yeah. Hollywood either. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I, know. I was just. Was... I, yeah, no, she was. She was great in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, Everybody I don't know. It, it just like the character portrayal felt like the Margot Robbie being crazy kind of. Well, you she know. was playing basically Clara Bow, and Clara Bow yeah. was basically like that. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. The, the accent because she's also from New Jersey. Like it, it, it was very similar to Harley Quinn. I just I thought there was really incredible sequences in it. Oh yeah, all the stuff where they shot movies was great. Like the, the yep. first time you see the crazy outdoor shot with um, Brad Pitt's movie, his like big sword yep. and sandal movie, and then the, the the first sequence where they shoot on sound with Margot Robbie's yep. character was amazing. That whole sequence yep. was one of the best sequences I watched all year. 
But there was all kinds of stuff. They could have cut all of Toby Maguire's stuff. None of that needed to be in the movie. Yep. There was all kinds of stuff that it just it was just too much. Didn't need. Well, he, didn't won, need. He, won, he won a card game that forced him to be in the movie, so he had <laughs> so, to put him in there. That whole sequence was just so weird. I mean, I don't know. But the thing was, what I'll give it credit for was that like, if you love movies and you love Hollywood and you love movies, you've got to see this. Because I found myself getting emotional. You have to love movies twice. It was a great love letter to filmmaking. And it's funny because when they announced Babylon, they announced it around the same time as Ryan Murphy's Hollywood show. And they were both kind of the similar time periods. And I was really excited for both. And both were sort of not at all what I wanted them to be. I wanted someone to tell a straight retelling of that time period because it's so interesting. And this is close, but it's also hyperactive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Connor. Te- after Connor saw it, you te- you texted me and said, "This is what a this is what a movie on cocaine is like." Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a lot of cocaine in this film. Really hyperactive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like it was my understanding, you know, that it I was that it was a piece of shit. No, it's not a piece of shit. At no, all. it's not. It's not, not a piece of shit at all. Yeah. It did, it did poorly in the box office, but it's not a piece of shit. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it was probably too long and probably a little too daunting. I saw headlines. That's all I saw. Yeah. I didn't. Well, really. yeah, because it, it performed poorly in the box office. Yeah. So like, well, yeah. I mean, pre- I mean, also and. I don't love Damien Chazelle. I I really like that first movie. I didn't really like La La Land that much. You liked First Man, didn't you? I don't think I ever saw it. Or if I did, I completely forgot about it. Because I didn't like it at all. I think I feel like you did. But it doesn't matter. I don't think I saw it. I thought Brad Pitt was great. The cast is really good in this movie. Everyone I thought was very good. Here's an obvious statement. Brad Pitt is excellent. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm liking him more and more and more as time goes on. You know what I watched over the break was uh, – there it is, the break. <laughs> we watched Burn After Reading. Which mm-hmm. I just oh, yeah. haven't seen in a while. Coen Brothers movies. Brad Pitt has a supporting role. By the way, yep. that movie is a slick 130. <laughs> yeah, see? Well, that's, I watched, I watched the Raiders of the Lost Ark over the weekend because we were talking about it in the Hangout. Yeah. Uh, not Raiders of the Lost Ark. Temple of Doom. It's less than two hours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Anyway, Brad Pitt is a, like a, a comedy role in that. It just looks like a completely yep. different person. You yeah. know, then you go from Bullet Train to, I mean, to, and Cliff Booth, by the way, I said, <laughs> possibly so the finest performance. That he's ever done. Just think about it. I, I think about it all the time. Think about him sitting on that boat holding the harpoon, yeah. yep. looking at his wife complain, and you're like, wow, that look could mean anything of a thing. Oh, so good. Anyways, but yes, Brad Pitt is delightful. If there's anything was going to make me see that movie, it would be that. Yeah. yeah. But the, the only difficulty, and I told this to Ron because Ron asked me, do I need to see this in the theaters? And, you know, Josh, totally watch it, but. You know, it's going to take you four days to watch. I was going to say, like, if I was going to watch it, the theater was the place to do it. That's exactly what I told Ron. It's like, the only way you're going to watch it in one sitting is if you go to the theater. Otherwise, you're going to never watch this all all the way through and it's going to interrupt your viewing. Yeah, I'm glad I saw it in the theater. That was that definitely was. And it's funny because I I find myself that, like, as I'm looking at the movies that are playing, I'm making that decision where it's like, do I want to experience this in the theater or do I not? Or, or, you know, can I deal with it at home? And, like, so, you know, I know there are, you know, two movies we want to talk about in the show, like The Menu. I actively am like, ah, I feel like I can watch that at home. I don't need to be in a theater to see that. Whereas the Fablemans, I was like, I kind of want to be in a theater just to, just, you know, given the content of it and another movie about movies. But I'm like, I want to see that one in the theater too. I did so. because A, that's true. But then B, Connor doubled down on it. And I was like, okay, that means I have to go see that. So, yeah. So let's jump into Fablemans then. I saw that before the break, but you guys watched it over the break. What break are you talking about? I don't get a break, Connor, at all. Don't you know I have kids? <laughs> Did you have time off? Another movie about movies. Another movie about movies. Um, I had to drag myself to the theater to see it. Like that's the thing is that like I'm like oh, I know I want to see it in the theater, but like as I'm going through the list and like it, and honestly, it came down to like runtime. Oh, because Avatar is also in the mix too. Like between yeah. Avatar, Fablemans, and Babylon, I'm staring at these like three hour movies. I'm like Jesus Christ. So I ended up going to the Fablemans because it was the shortest of them all. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we talked about it on the Hangout most recently. But like, I you know, I have a I have somewhat of a of a distaste for Steven Spielberg in general. Not his films, just him in general. So that was one thing. And also knowing that this was like his semi-autobiographical movie. It's like, oh, come on. Like, Did he how double much cross more- you in a deal or something? Like, Yes. How much more you know, how much, how much? much more full of yourself do you need to be to do an autobiographical movie about it's yourself? That's all he had left. But, He's made all the other movies. But I will say that after the last scene, I, was, I sat back in my chair in the theater. I'm like, oh, fuck me. This is great. This was a great movie. Yeah, I, I'd been excited for it. I know that a Spielberg movie, for the most part, is going to be really competently made, but I don't necessarily like all of them. And you're right, like as a sort of uh, semi-autobio, I don't, I don't, I don't know how realistic it was. Semi-autobiographical, yeah. You know, that could go either way, but tying what happened to just this love of cinema, yeah. and and what was a really simple movie, and it was yes, full yeah. of. I thought really nuanced performances and and say what you will about like Steven Spielberg being the, you know the uber bubblegum director of all time I think that it was incredibly brave to do that story of that mother and yep. you know Michelle Williams is is amazing and always is and whatever she is but I thought that whole thing was really brave I thought you know Paul Dano's performance was I don't know, I've never seen anything like that very very good yeah uh, very unpaul dano you know, and, and Connor again has talked about this before, and I think it's true. Like, oh, I'm never going to see a uh, you know, like a mid budget like people drama done on this scale. You know, yep. it's going to be so rare going for Steven Spielberg can get it made, but uh, I don't even know Connor. Like, is it doing well? Did it make its no. money back? No, exactly. No, no. Yeah. Disaster. <laughs> disaster. But it's not. It's bad. It's because <laughs> no, no, know. just business wise, disaster. Yeah, no, right. no, no, yeah. I, I don't, no one's going to the movies. No one, you know, like, but like right. this was a movie that's worth going to the movies. But then you got to find somebody who gives a shit about the cinema. It's not enough right. of us. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. In both the Fablemans and Babylon, there's almost the same exact crane shot over a adoring audience in a theater watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and both times it's a packed house. All the faces are lit up in awe. And both times I watched it in a theater, there was maybe 10 people in each one. Exactly, Connor. I just thought the same thought. And then also before Babylon, uh, we got the Margot Robbie and the and the other guy, the, the other lead yep. on set thanking us for coming to the movie, you know, what they've been doing. And Margot Robbie's like, we're so happy that Babylon is being seen the way it should in a packed theater of engaged audience and and like and i i laughed out loud because i was like one of three people in the theater whereas her watching herself in once upon a time in hollywood there was like 10 people there and i was like that's more realistic yep Yep. (laughs) well it's middle of the day right i I, know much like babylon i loved all the sequences in which he was making movies like i just loved the ingenuity that required him to shoot a film with his buddies and a super eight camera but Yep. You do it at a level that no other person of his age and can or should, yeah. The special effects ingenuity and you know just the way he sh- it was just I thought the love of movies really came through in that in that bit it, which was wrapped around a really compelling I thought family drama and drama about being Jewish and it's been a while since we yeah. talked about it but M- Michelle Williams is a, is an American treasure. Like she's fantastic. Like uh, she's she so could be so a goddamn good. American treasure. Yeah, she could be, yeah. And I gotta admit, like after even I, I had this comment in after West Side Story, like Spielberg has got has done a great job of casting these kids who really impressed me in their performances. Well, Julia right? Butters again, once upon a time in Hollywood, played one of the sisters. Yeah, yeah, like you know the the kid in this movie was really really yeah, good. Yeah, was great. And when they moved to California and all the the bullying and the drama, like those kids were good. Like it was just like it was all the crazy Jesus loving girlfriend, like all of it was super engaging. 
It's oh, you're right. It's all those trappings of. I mean, again, this might be referring to a world that we grew up in more than other people who are younger than us, because we're not Spielberg's contemporary, but he was the one making the stuff for us when we were coming of age. And all of that stuff, we've talked about that, all of that stuff references the 50s and the 60s when those people grew up. And so that is not unfamiliar to us. So the school bullies in the letter jackets, you know, but done real was really interesting. To build off what you just said, Connor Tarantino referenced it in in cinema speculation in his book a bunch of times about like when he's talking about the class of directors in the 40s and 50s and the and the early 60s, like you know the John Fords and yep. like you know, time back to that you know and and then then you had the next class of directors like the new American cinema like the Scorsese and Spielberg and all and Lucas and stuff like that who were all children who grew up watching yep. those directors and had a love of mm-hmm. movies right. And like that, that type of people, and I, we're in, we're in that, I would, I would count us in that, in that, in mm-hmm. that cl- classification, but like with streaming and with everything that's going on, like th- that, I feel like those numbers are dwindling. Well, you don't, right? you don't have monoculture, monoculture. Yeah. Goes but away. also, so, yeah. but, but the people coming up now or in the past, they're growing up in a postmodern society. Right. Everything is a comment on a comment it's on a, a comment and it's a remix. So yeah. I mean, these other people are talking about they're seeing the formation of cinema as an art form coming into its maturity. And what we're seeing now is comments on those things and that history. And it's not like it's why it's hard for anything to feel really original anymore because it's not. And I don't think it's anybody's fault. It's not. But it's just a different time. Yeah. But also just just. There's no one movie everyone's seeing for the most. Except for well, I mean, Avatar. But you know, like. What what are budding filmmakers watching? You know, I don't right. know. You know, they, yeah. it, Spielberg and Coppola and and Lucas, they all watched The Searchers in the theater. Yeah, you know, they right. all were influenced by the same movie, for better or worse. They saw them like not with film school in mind. You know, they right. saw right. them as yeah. as kids. They saw them as just the thing, and they fell in love with them. When we see that stuff we're coming at it with a like a scholarly eye you know because you're like well we're supposed to watch this that's why i saw citizen right. kane now i loved it but i also went in with a hindsight of knowing like this is really important i have to figure out why and it's just different right. yeah i liked both movies a lot and i liked the discussions that came out i've had several discussions like this about both movies. Yeah. i think that's what also really valuable one of the things you miss about when you're watching a movie by yourself on a couch in between the yelling is that you don't get to have this kind of talk afterwards with people because everyone's watching everything at this different times and the TV doesn't talk back to you. It doesn't either, talk so. back yet. Sunday yeah, it will. Yeah. I got to say, I feel really lucky about that because my wife went to the same school that we did. And so we, I have a person to always have those conversations with like on that same level. And it, it's helpful. But it's just think about it, like when you're not all going to the movie together or not physically together, maybe at the same time. You know, if I say to Josh, hey, did you watch the show? Oh, yeah, I watched it six months ago. Let's talk about it. Well, I don't really remember. Right, it. right, right. Yeah, I, know I, mean, yeah, jo- I mean, Josh didn't remember half the things we talked about tonight. I mean, because it's been two months, right? And so we, we had the we had the distinct pleasure of being able to, Connor, you and I yep. get to hang out in person in December. And we went to go see The Godfather in the theater. Yes. And see a, you know, 35 millimeter print of it. And like, and then the next night at dinner had great conversation about the movie and about like, like that, that, that was so what this is all about. Right. Yeah. And that's why we do the show. And that's hopefully why everyone listens, you know, like it's, it's the discussion and like uh, what worked and what didn't work and what you liked about it. And, and like, if anything, like it's that, and what I miss the most, uh, cause Connor, I don't know if you, if I mentioned I have kids, Oh, you do. but what, what's the challenging of like, you know, there were, there was a time where I went to the movies every Sunday. Oh, like yeah. No matter no matter oh, what sure. was playing, no matter what was playing, I went to go see the movies every Sunday because like there was always something to digest. There's always something to get into, and like 
And I miss that, you know what I mean? Because and like seeing these strings of movies made me want to do that again. But like the combination of my own personal schedule, but also there's not enough out that, now. See like, that too, like yeah. Connor. You, I mean, you got you'd said it. You went every Sunday. Like for m- the first big chunk of my adult life, every weekend almost, I went to at least one movie. Yeah, and, like yeah. go to the movies, not watch. That's a what movie, we did. Yeah. Go because that was to us what it was. But and you're right, there were a lot of movies. And now I'll be like, all right, have some time. I don't see anything I want to see. And that's not in February. That's in the fall. Right. Because yeah. you, know, you know, like in February, it's shit. But I don't think it's true anymore. Well, that's the whole middle has gone up. But that actually was mentioned in that Hollywood, the oral history book, which we all got each other for Christmas in some form or another. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, and this is a this is not even a new thought because it was the interview was probably in the 70s or not the 70s. It was in the 80s. He said, basically, you know it's getting to the point where people go to a specific movie. It used to be just, let's yeah. go to the movies. We'll go there and see what's yeah. playing. What's playing. Yeah. We'll pick exactly. one. And now it's like, I only go to the theater for a specific reason. Not like the Saturday night. Let's go to the movies. Okay. What's playing? Well, we'll see when we get there and we'll pick whatever's at well, eight o'clock. Be, you have to buy them ahead of time, but it's not even, we just have too much choice. I mean, that's the difference. Yeah. Like there was no choice. You just found something anyway. And they all started at seven. Let's go, because one of them, they start at 7. And now it's the fucking terrible, well, it starts at 6 or 8.45. Oh, Motherfucker. God. That's, that's probably the, the three-hour movies, too, yes. is that like it's either 6.05 or 10.30. And I'm like, yes. I can't do either of those. Like, <laughs> Oh, you have uh, kids. Got a job. That's what I ran into with Avatar, which yeah. is like, okay, well, I want to I want to see Avatar because I want to experience it in the theater and the technology and all stuff like that. But Jesus Christ, three and a half hours long, finding the, to- the, the exact time that was like after the kid's bedtime that I wouldn't be a zombie the next day, like all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, I had the same problem. I don't even have those restrictions. It was like Mike Romo and I, a friend of the show, were trying to figure out a time to go. And he's like, can you go to the four o'clock or the the ten o'clock? And I was like, I don't want to do either one of those. <laughs> like, what what else can we find here? I mean, we know why they did that. It's so they could fit in an extra showing because people weren't going, and also the movies were shorter, so you could do seven and nine, and it would be fine. Yeah. But I wonder if they've shot themselves in the foot in that way, and now people don't like either of the available times, so they can play it two times, but not as many people are going to either. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely what's happening. I think th- th- with this string of three hour movies, it's bad. It's bad. So they're not in the case of Avatar, which is just at the two billion dollar mark at theaters, but. Hmm. I have this discussion a lot, apparently, because anytime Avatar comes up, people have such a bizarre, you, and you guys had it, a bizarre, aggravated reaction on Avatar. Like, I'm not a big, <laughs> I'm not a big Avatar fan. Like, I don't fucking dress up like a Navi to go to Comic Con. Like, I think they're fun movies, and I don't understand why people take them personally. It really rubs people the wrong way. Like, a lot of my staff, like a lot of my coworkers at work, like, there's a couple of people who are just like, it's straight up hatred. I don't get it. Like, it's just Is a movie. It like, what do you because it's bad or because it does it does something? It uh, doesn't make sense. I can't incorrect. answer it. I don't know the answer. I'm like, yeah. I, I saw the first one one time in the theater, and I saw it once a month ago in prepping for the new one. Like, I've seen them two times. There's some uncanny valley reaction to those fucking blue cat people, <laughs> right? And like, I'll and buy I think. That. Uh, much like Margot Robbie's character in Babylon, nobody's stepping up and calling it like they see it and being truthful and that sort of thing. I think it's rubbing people the wrong way. These unnatural, not realistic things on the screen moving like regular people like they exist when they don't. Is it not Robbie? It's Robbie. It's totally Robbie, but I just let him go. Okay, so, you know, it was fun. It's not Roby? I think it's No, Robbie. Roby made toy robots in the 80s. How do you pronounce Margot Robbie? I thought it was Robbie. Robbie. It's okay. She's only been famous for the last 20 years. Oh, there are two Bs. I thought there was one E. I'm sorry. Similar to Babylon. Uh, fun movie that could have had a half hour cut out of it. The middle sagged. I thought the first act was terrific. I thought the finale was terrific. But the middle 
sagged under the weight of too much story. Too what many was characters. I saying? Is it Robbie or Ro- I was saying Roby. You were saying Roby. It's Robbie. It's Robbie. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. My apologize. Don't bet against James Cameron is a lesson we've all had to learn over and over again. Because yeah, I know he's that. a very good director and he's a very good action director. My review of Avatar: The Way of Water mm-hmm. is visually stunning. Yeah, oh for sure. Like have to see it in a theater. Oh my god! Like you, like you are there. It is immersive. It is like it, 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 like no other experience at all. Right? Way too fucking long. <laughs> Again, what's funny is that he said that, and you had a build up, and the like, point was <laughs> way too fucking long. And I think he did it better. I just I want that known. The story was better than the first one. The first one, the story was just like a mess. This one at least had a cohesive kind of story, but 30% of it, I just didn't care about. Like, I was like, just get to it. And then what happens is that James Cameron falls, much like Spielberg. No, I don't know about Spielberg. I'm, that's, that, that, that's being unreasonable. Mean. Oh. But falls into this trap of self-referential remixing where like, do we really need another action sequence with a big boat sinking? I had that thought. I was like, okay. And like I'm sure he's like, oh, this is great. This is just like when I did Titanic. Like, no, it's not fucking great. Do something else. I love the opening. The thing I really want from, and I don't know how much Avatar we're going to end up getting. I think we're definitely going to get a third one. That he's they've already shot all the live action bits for it, and he's shot part of four already apparently too. I want them to go back to Earth now. Like that opening shot oh, where the ships arrive. Yeah, it was such a fucking cool design and looked awesome. I was like, take me there. Take me wherever those things came from. That's going to be cool. So I think we've we, we've sort of had our fill of this. Planet. I'm with you. I'm with you. But we're gonna. I mean, and the thing is that like I thought it was interesting that like the fucking blue cat people and here's this the 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 different blue water cat people. Yeah. Right. Like and 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 if wow. there's gonna be like if there's gonna Who's be clean was uh, Caitlin Winslet. Yeah. If there's gonna be another another type of people who are fucking fire people like the, they say or whatever like cool like 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 this planet is interesting enough and I'm curious to see what it all looks like and all that sort of stuff but like. I don't know. It just it yeah, just the, the, the tension between the tribes was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that no, was there, cool. There, again, again, like Babylon, there were elements in here that were interesting that I think a much tighter movie exists within. It's just a fun, crazy sci-fi lark. Like I don't, I don't look at it any more than that. I don't know why anyone looks at it any more than that. It's not the greatest thing ever made, but it's a, it's an incredibly fun time at the movies. Yeah. Do I want to do other movies than these? Yes. Is he going to do these for the rest of his career? Probably yes. Also, I think the thing is that. Connor, you're going to get mad at me, but I think he does really, really good, amazing, mediocre movies. If that makes sense. Like, makes mediocre. Sense, yeah. Interesting. So what would you call Avatar, mediocre? Just like Outside the, of Avatar. Take away Avatar. Oh. He's only made just, like five movies. I was just thinking of Avatar. And this whole time <laughs> I've been like, I got to go watch Aliens. But, I mean, Terminator I 2. True lies. I think I, you know what I feel like they're movies that sort of stand out as a part, but it's hard for me to find things in them that are really resonant, other than like the technical things of like a special effect or whatever. You know, Robert Patrick using his metal liquid hands to come over the, you know, but not necessarily. Interestingly, interestingly enough, in the montage at the end of Babylon was Robert Patrick as the T one thousand, and like a great well. moment in cinema. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, they're great movies, but. They don't make me feel a lot. Well, yeah. they're action movies. Yeah, you but know. I either I know maybe that's even that maybe that's just it. Like as it's an action movie, you know. But then it gets to be the biggest movie of all time, and you're like, well, does that deserve it? And it does. It just depends on what you want out of a. Yeah, movie. I guess it's the balance between the visual effects and the action and the story. For me, like you know, like the, my problem with the first one was the story. The story in this one was better. 
But even then, there were like major plot points that were telegraphed hours before they happened. Where like Connor, like within the first forty five minutes, I was like, "Oh, is going to die." Well, hopefully, hopefully you've forgotten by then because it's been two hours. Exactly. Well, that was my other problem is that I'm watching this movie and I realized for the first hour of the movie, I'm expected to remember numerous (laughs) people from a movie thirteen years ago that I have not watched since then. We watched it beforehand. (laughs) He's not going to do it for you, Ron. He's going to do it. (laughs) My other thought was, at what point is a movie an animated movie yeah because good question i don't think to him it matters no no i'm not saying i'm just saying in terms of like and i don't mean that flippantly i i think no no no. to me it doesn't matter but i'm looking at more like award season like shouldn't all by all rights avatar be in the animated movie category as opposed to the film uh it's like 95 percent. nothing is live action on it you know well has andy circus ever won an actor award because by the way andy circus bring it back very good nandor yeah, I'm no, I have no doubt. He's always good in everything. Yeah. We went long. Do we want to talk about the the last one or just go? What's go the last on? one? The menu. Oh, the menu? Oh, the, uh, I can, I can send, Let's move. I can send the me- menu up and just like, there's nothing worse <laughs> than watching a movie and realizing and sinking in your seat. They're like, oh, God. Oh That's God! Me on the screen. I, yeah, I, re- I relate to the char- the most unlikable character in the room in this movie <laughs> yeah. way too yeah, much. <laughs> not only that, but it's not just being a snob about the food, but being an insufferable know-it-all. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I watched the menu, and not in the theater. I saw it on HBO when it hit the hit, but um, <laughs> I thought it was really fun. That that kind of movie it was it, fun. again doesn't really get made now anymore, and I'm glad this one did. And I'm glad it did fairly well. It's not a horror, but it's not, but it's a, you know what I said? Oh, wait, quick, quick, quick note before Josh, you say uh, one hour, 47 minutes. There you go. There you go. There you go. You know what this was? This was a really competently made M. Night Shyamalan movie. Like, like M. Night Shyamalan movies make me, I can't stand them. Makes me roll my eyes. I'll be into it. And then he'll do something stupid. I hate. I was like, oh, this is what he's supposed to be doing. If he did it really well, that's kind of what I thought. Like a great casting yeah, like it wasn't. I didn't love did everything about it, but I was into it the whole time. The director's not a person. Yeah, he's like a TV director. He did Succession, Game yes. of Thrones, Shameless. Yeah, he's a TV director. Yeah. It was like a locked room mystery, right? Like it was yeah. like one, basically yes. one set, smartly written to keep the budget down and yep. full of great actors. It's almost like a play, and it got progressively more disturbing, but stayed funny the whole time. Like you've got a locked room thing, but this is like wacky like it's yeah, not yeah. but funny yeah. but funny the tone was interesting it starts in a believable premise and setup and then it reaches it reaches a point where you realize like oh god no this is making a left turn and then they just take the steering wheel and turn it all the way to the left <laughs> for the rest of the drive right and, and and before the movie ends you got a cheeseburger that may that will make you salivate i will give credit that the one of the people who worked on the film was the guy one of the guys who did all the david chang yeah, Netflix documentary stuff. So all the food um, cinematography was yeah. that, that that guy directed the second unit that did it. This guy David Gelb, and it like you could tell like the shots of the food like look like really like uh, Ron. The fact that you know the guy who directed the second unit food shots makes you <laughs> that guy even more. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing was is that I loved the lens that he used on the ceviche. <laughs> <laughs> But this is, I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's a movie about a, a bunch of wealthy people who go to this exclusive restaurant, $1,200 tasting menu. They have to take a boat out there and things go south on them very quickly. I thought it was really fun. It was a really enjoyable, as you said, quick in and out, 
complete package. That's what I love about a, f- a film, right? Like I love TV. I love immersing in character and story and I love all that stuff. But I really love a complete f- story yep. in one go, beginning, middle, and an end. That's yep. still the value of the of the film to me. Might I add again, one hour, 47 minutes. <laughs> so The cheeseburger is basically the star of the movie. It's like everywhere now. It's like everywhere yeah. you turn. You want to make the cheeseburger for the menu? Here's, here's the rest. There's a restaurant <laughs> in LA that makes it now. Let's talk about the fries, though. Mm, they look good. Yeah. And he oh, was God. so happy when I he loved, presented it to I her. Loved, and he was so happy I, when she liked it. Yeah. The psychology of that whole thing with him, because the movie was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and you know, like in the best way. And so he then he, he went and he played like really all he wanted was to make somebody happy with food and have a feeling about it himself. I really like that because that, and I'm trying to spoil it, but in that sequence where he's making the burger, he, like the only time you see him truly happy yep. in yeah. the movie. Yeah. And it changes that character. Yeah. Yep. Ray finds he does a so lot. So good. He does a lot. He is really great, but you can't like it's not it's not like Jeremy Irons who plays like a type of character. He's you know the high class whatever. Ray finds all over the place. Yeah. In a great way. I love it. I, and I do feel like the mix of customer of customers in yeah. the in the mm-hmm. room at the restaurant, like the John Leguizamo washed up, you know, kind of actor, the you know, the investment bros, the the restaurant critic, like yeah. they, there were so many types that were like, and they, they, were they just mixed on the well. edge of caricature, like yeah, just, yes, yeah. but yeah. but yeah, it was fun, it was great. I'm glad I, I'm glad I watched it. But again, I'm I'm like watched it in my living room on HBO Max as well. You know, like had to make that decision. I'm like I'm not going to get in the theater, and it, and it, I don't feel like I missed anything by not seeing it in the theater. Agree. All right. So there you go. Wow. Those are some of the things. I had more movies, but we got we to gotta wrap this up. That was fun. I enjoy talking about these things with you guys, and I missed it. I know. Yeah. I, it just, I wish we were had some burgers and we were hanging out in person. I do have to say that you mentioned it. I, I apologize to Josh because he wasn't there. We wish you had been there. But when we, we did have that post-Godfather dinner, you and me and a bunch of our friends talking about it, it was incredibly fun. Yeah. That's what this is all about. This is how we do it. Yep. You know, people are very smart about these kinds of things and we'll say interesting things and yeah. that's, it was good. that's it was good such a big deal yeah. yeah so there you go this has been our media explode show it's our monthly show again unlocked by the patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy they unlock this show they unlock our various special shows like the talk explode show the book explode show basically it's got a explode on the end they've unlocked it and of course josh and i have our weekly pick of the week show where we talk about the week's new comic books ron talks about android and all related phones and tablets on all about android every week sure do josh wants to join can he join? Sure. We're welcoming. I don't know anything. Yeah, you can learn. Is that like is that like FaceTime? It's kind of like iFanboy. So. <laughs> on yeah. a show, on a recent <laughs> Pick Week show, Josh admitted that uh, when he looks at Android technology, he's confused. And so I thought, oh, perfect. Totally. You're perfect for the show. It's, it's completely <laughs> like, yeah, I can be like the monkey. I'm like, give the monkey the phone. See if he can do it. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get to the mail? I don't know. Well, I mean, you'd be surprised is that you've surprised that a lot of iOS, a lot of it's very similar to Android because iOS oh, sure. has lifted lifted about sixty percent of Android over yeah. the years. I'm so. sure it's yeah, no, I'm sure it's gotten a little better. And also, <laughs> many of you Android people have iPads because that's just a yeah, thing. Tab, we're definitely, but although Google's coming out with a new tablet next year, the new Pixel tablet, so. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we'll be back next month. And until then, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. I'm Josh. I mean, I care about you. I know. (laughs) I just, I was like, I was like, oh, he's going to say it. And I can't wait to do this. (laughs) When I finally get myself together, I'm going to get down in that sunny southern weather. 